If you're good at something, never do it for free. You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. I bought you. <laughs> Welcome back. We are the Film Drifters. Our show provides film and TV reviews from two guys that make, watch, and love movies. I'm Myron, and joining me each week is usually Will, but not Will today. It is our friend of the pod, Mr. John Park. Welcome to the show once again. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, excited to be here. It's one of my favorite topics today. So, Ooh. yeah, let's dive in. Today we will be reviewing The Eternals as well as discussing the current state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So all things MCU today. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Uh, doing good. Just uh, came back from our brother Will's batch yeah. trip, yeah. which was a lot of fun. Really chill, but um, glad yeah. to you know always have some tick, uh, time off with the brothers. Yeah, yeah. Um, no COVID for, for us. There, I think yeah. someone got it after they came back. But uh, my wife was saying, so last week, um, I was in Orlando from Sunday through Wednesday. I had a shoot with you on Thursday. And then we went to The Batch on Friday, came back Sunday. And mm-hmm. then what she was saying is like, I would be shocked if you didn't get COVID. And uh, I didn't get it. And neither yeah. did you. It, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a crap shoot. Yeah. You know these days, yeah, it's it's yeah, you know, it's hanging over everybody's heads, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I had it before. I don't think I did, but I have never tested, so I feel like before it would be such an odd thing, right? Like you know, someone gets COVID, but it wouldn't be someone like directly in your circle. It would be a friend's friend. But now right. it's like everyone's getting COVID, and it's like I feel weird for not getting it. It's like right. you know, <laughs> at some point I'm gonna get it. At some yeah, point. it's come to that point. Uh, I'm kind of as sad as it sounds. Um, glad because yeah, I've always thought, uh, especially in our age, in our lifetime, we're gonna get it once. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's kind of stay. something we yeah we have to deal yeah. with, and yeah. um, I, I'm glad that at least in terms of the fear level, it's gone down. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, now it's like oh okay, they got it. Before yeah. it would be like, <laughs> oh my god, you're gonna yeah. die. <laughs> Yeah, and, <laughs> so you know, sad. For most people, that was never really the case. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's not get into the politics of it all, because oh boy, no, that could no. be a that could be a whole no. other thing for sure. Yeah, yeah. it was a good time because yeah, yeah. I, I came up. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. My recent love for blackjack. Uh, yes. it's been John always comes me. up. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it's it's been fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah. Well, uh, yes. If you want to have a good time, play blackjack with John Park. <laughs> Except you may or may not win while playing with him, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I myself, yeah, <laughs> didn't do so well, but uh, it's okay. All right. Yeah, we have so, our ups and downs. We do. We do. That's the game. That's the game. Yeah. All right. So uh, that was a little bit of small talk. And uh, before we get to the Eternals review, let's get started with the latest in the rundown in entertainment news. All right. So we're sticking with our Marvel theme here. There's been a lot of rumors coming out about casting and uh, mm-hmm. I just wanted to get your take on this. A um, lot of stuff circulating, some of which is probably not true. Some of it could be true. But after we all saw Andrew Garfield and Tommy McGuire in uh, you know, the last Spider-Man movie, now everyone's thinking anyone could just be showing up in, in Marvel movies. So yeah. apparently, so first off, I want to start. I want to get your take on this. There are... There is a rumor that, oh, basically two people are rumored to be playing Tony Stark or alternate versions of Tony Stark in uh, Doctor Strange Part 2. First is (laughs) Tom Cruise playing, uh, (laughs) like, I I, I guess they wouldn't be called a deviant, but like an alt alt Tony Stark. Uh, And then there's also a rumor that uh, Robert Downey Jr. will be black, will be back, (laughs) not black. (laughs) That, that That was Tropic Thunder. That was traffic. By the way, I don't think he could ever get away with that today. That <laughs> no was way. So smooth. Yes. That yes. was so smooth. Yeah. But uh, yeah, apparently, he might might come back as a different Tony Stark. So yeah. Of these two, which one do you think has more truth to it, and which one would you like more? Well, uh, let me backtrack to say, like, um, you know, with the cameos and everything, the multiverse is kind of a cheat code. Right. So you think about the big picture, like the Marvel now can introduce any actor to any character, past or present, um, and just just make it work. I I mean, I think it worked for Spider-Man No Way Home because you had the two gigantic films already that everybody Mm -hmm. knew. Mm -hmm. Uh, But 
and that's why I think it hit home more then. But yeah, it's kind of um, the leeway. There's a lot of leeway for storylines now where mm-hmm. Marvel can play with. And I think they set themselves up pretty well uh, for future storylines and stuff like that because their yeah. roster of characters is so big. I don't, I don't mind. I think Tom Cruise, I actually like him as an actor. I think people are too attached to Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, as they should be. Um, uh, in terms of realistically, I don't, I don't think either are going to happen. Okay. If if I had to pick, it would be Robert Downey Jr. just because he's already played him, mm-hmm. and even from um a, like a flashback or something, some kind of uh, thing like that, I think it's possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah that, I think that's a lot more because it's already happened. Yeah. So here's my thing: is uh the this idea of having multi you know, multiple versions of characters. Um, it was completely being set up before Spider-Man. I felt like to buy it would be a stretch, but Marvel really said, okay, well, we want this to happen, but we're going to basically massage it into multiple things happening beforehand, right? So you had Marvel's What If. You explored the idea of the multiverse. Um, in Lo- in uh, Loki, you had also that same idea of different branching realities based off of one event that could change things, right? And then uh, even WandaVision kind of hinted at that a little bit. So I felt like Spider-Man was the payoff for all this stuff. But So that's why I feel like Spider-Man was so much more earned. But now I feel like now that we've gotten to this place where the multiverse is established... I don't want to see, like you said, it's a cheat code. I don't want to see a, a million different versions of stuff. And even like the idea that Tom Cruise is going to play Tony Stark, also an idea that John Krasinski is going to play Mr. Fantastic, which, by the way, mm-hmm. I would love the idea of that. I hope that actually yeah. happens. But this, Everybody's this, clamoring for that. Yeah. that's This is stuff that like fans have been asking for. So yeah. I don't want to see Marvel winking at the fans like yeah. five times a movie from here on yeah. out, you know? I, I don't think they will. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think Marvel has, you know, putting their head down and doing what they do. Okay. Um, I, I think they do, you know, fans like to be like, see, they're hearing us. They're hearing what the fans say. Yeah. It, it, to, to a point, um, yeah, they should, and they're smart to do so, but to actually execute it, um, you know, they're a lot more smarter than mm-hmm. uh, the base of the fans out there. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I, I get that. And uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of truth to that. And let me ask yeah. you one more thing. Um, so we're going to talk about the Eternals in a little bit. Um, this has been out there for a while. It's not new new news. Um, but the second, um, what, what would you say, end credit scene for uh, the Eternals, we hear the voice of one Mahershala Ali who is playing Blade. Um, it's interesting to see a character introduced via voiceover without seeing him. And so let me ask you this question. Do you think that with all of these new properties that, that Marvel has, are they going to do a good job introducing them? Blade, X-Men, the Fantastic Four. Do you trust them to, to bring out these characters the right way? 100% I trust them. Um, okay. it, it's interesting because uh, Blade was one of my favorite uh, or probably one I'm looking forward to the most. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, everybody knows Wesley Snipes played. And it, uh, he was great for two movies. He was great. Was... Uh, yeah. <laughs> the first one, uh, uh, Guillermo uh, del Toro directed it. Yeah, you know, he did the second it's one. Small time, small time director. He did the, he oh, did he did, the second he did, one. He did the second one? Did yeah. You? Okay. Yes. Well, one of them, whatever he did was the great. The one he did was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, aside from that, I think uh, Marshala Ali is an amazing actor. I think Blade is probably one of the more popular superheroes yeah movie um in in marvel um i mean we can get into more of the state of the marvel later but yeah what's more uh interesting question to me is how marvel has rolled out its roster of characters so this is interesting when i was thinking about this the future Hmm. but the the um marvel's uh rolled out the heavy hitters in the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they brought up their first all-American team, you know, all-stars. Yeah. Uh, you know, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Thor, yeah. Hulk. Everybody knows them. Like, these are just, you know, your, it's, your it's like, first, first, your starting lineup, okay? Yeah, it's like Jordan, then, Magic. Exactly. Uh, LeBron. Exactly. <laughs> Kobe. All in there. The best. Yeah. yeah. And then you're going to have, like, your second and third team coming up. Um, 
Carmelo. Not to say that. Yeah. <laughs> a, little, a little Jokic here. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, a future Doncic, you know. Kind yeah. of. Patrick Ewing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carl Malone's. Um, but yeah, that, that that's, that's going to be interesting to me. But I mean, I do have full um, confidence in Marvel because mm. they're doing a great job, I think, already with like Moonlight. Moon Knight looks amazing. Yeah, it does. Um, it does. And so, like a lot of these lesser known or famous popular characters, I think they're gonna do a great job. And, and particularly because I think with the TV series, is um, we'll get to it later. But they, they've just done a better, good job of kind of yeah. modeling the series style and tone to the character. Yeah. So it shows that they know the character, and they're not yeah. each of them aren't like slapstick comedy yeah. or. Um, just to fall full all uh, popcorn yeah. entertainment like the, a lot of their movies have been. Yeah, you know, um, we'll talk about it later. Uh, I yeah. personally, I am not a huge fan of the show so far. I'm either a huge fan, or I'm just like, wow, that was not really meeting my expectations mm. in terms of the television shows. We'll get into that later. Uh, I did want to ask you one last thing, and this is purely opinion. Also, many rumors that Hugh Jackman will be reprising his role as Wolverine in Doctor Strange 2. Yay or nay? What say you? I think he's done. I yeah. As a fan, as much as I loved him as Wolverine, then Wolverine move on, is right? one of my... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He has to move on. Yeah. We ha- and we have to move on. Yes, exactly. I think yeah. there's a the bigger picture. It, it's almost like all the... What is it? Sony or Warner Brothers attachment. Like, like the Andrew Garfield and Toby in Spider-Man No Way Home was kind of like the closing the book on them mm-hmm. and just moving on and letting all these great marvel headed things yeah to, to come so out. so let, let me let's go down this rabbit hole a little more and sure. just kind yeah. of talk about the the ideas of what could happen Love also it. many rumors that uh toby and uh andrew garfield could be back for the secret event secret invasion or secret wars i don't know what they're calling it but mm-hmm. eventually this is going to be the next infinity war saga Bruh. um right many rumors that they will be back playing alt Peter Parker's in that. And also some rumors that say that maybe even Andrew Garfield could be back in his own Spider-Man movie, squaring off against Tom Hardy's venom. What do you, do you like these ideas? Are you intrigued? Are you not? Do you, because basically in, you know, in, in a no way home, each of those two characters, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, they had their resolution. They made peace with their character, especially mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield, I think, in right. saving uh, Zen- right. Zendaya's uh, Mary, yeah. Mary Jane. So do you yeah. want to revisit these characters at all? Are you intrigued at all with these ideas? Uh, not with those characters. I think I'm th- I was thinking about the multiverse and where Marvel is going with it. Mm-hmm. Are they going to make it? A short-term thing or are they gonna like a, a phase four and that's it or are they gonna make it like you said like a secret wars um, the infinity saga was three phases of yeah, marvel so about you know 20, 20 movies yeah. or so and so if you think about the multiverse are you gonna are they gonna make it a 20 movie 10 tv series saga if they are and secret invasion or secret wars are gonna be the you know the tail end climax it would be amazing to see like that that end game last thing where you know where everybody comes mm-hmm. Wong says do you, you wanted more mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know <laughs> and then all these variants start coming up off yeah. everywhere it's like five Ironmen and five yeah. sweaters yeah, they, they, um, they gotta chill yeah. on the variants I really yeah. think they do otherwise yeah. it could get too much I do agree yeah. I, I think the, uh, the multiverse is is great it's vast enough where they can really explore um, but yeah I, I, I wish they I hope I'm hoping they kind of pump the brakes on it and yeah. just start because they have so much um, storytelling to do with all mm-hmm. these other franchises they want to introduce. So um, yeah, I don't think Blade or um, any of these Fantastic Four or the like New Mutants or X Men are gonna they're gonna deal with multiverse. I don't think that's gonna linger on. I hope not. I hope not because yeah. it yeah. can get old pretty quick. I think real quick. Yeah. Like you can only do the the up up down on left right left right be able to like start so many times because <laughs> yeah. so so okay tangent I, I yeah. obviously you play contra and I have played contra it's yeah. like you needed the thirty live code to be able to know how to beat the game you've died enough to do it yeah. but did you ever get to the point that like um, you were able to literally beat that you would put the code in just to have the lives 
but then you got so good at the game that you only needed two lives to beat the whole thing. Did you ever get right. to that point? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. You, you ended up not needing it all. Yeah. You didn't need it anymore. So, so I just want to tell you, know, obviously if, if Marvel's out there is, is listening, which you're probably <laughs> not, you, you don't need to do it for every movie. I hope you don't. And so, um, no. you know, but I trust you guys. You guys are smart people. You're very yeah, smart. Yeah. 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 You know I, I think they, 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 they made it so specific to specific movies that are coming out. Like obviously yeah. with Spider-Man and Dr. Strange. Yeah. And I think they're doing it with the characters that make sense to do that. Yeah. If that makes, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I hope it's it's done with Doctor Strange. All hopefully. right. I do too. Um, but if they bring it back later, just, you know, wait, wait, maybe wait a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that was us talking Marvel, kind of geeking out about all the rumors out there. We're going to take a short break and come back with our review of The Eternals. Stay tuned. We're Eternals. We came here 7,000 years ago to protect humans from the deviants. Why didn't you guys help fight Thanos or any war or all the other terrible things throughout history? We were instructed not to interfere in any human conflicts unless deviants are involved. By who? to find the others I haven't seen some of them for centuries hi hello this is what the end of the world looks like at least we have front row seats you know what's never saved the planet your sarcasm we have loved these people since the day we arrived when you love something, you protect it. You can't protect. all right we are back and now we're gonna talk about a uh a very divisive movie i i would say um lots has been said about it um some good some bad and uh i think we should just drive dive right in you know we're gonna talk about what worked in the movie and what didn't but just as a blanket statement i want to ask you a question so I noticed that when this movie first came out, the Rotten Tomato score was like right about like maybe 58, 59%, uh, which is just below what they would consider fresh, right? Certified fresh. Mm -hmm. Since then, it's dropped like another 10%. It's down to 47%. Um, Now, I want to ask you, are the critics right about this movie? You could just say yes or no. I just want to know. No. They're not right. Should it be higher or lower? Higher. All right. I, I agree with you fully. It's like one of those things where I think people don't know about this, and we've talked about it on the show before, is that uh, if you get a 47% on Rotten Tomato, it's it could be very misleading. If you, you can get a 100% score on Rotten Tomato if every movie reviewer gave it a B-, minus, right? Because they all liked it, right? Wow. But if you have like 47%, they give it an A+, plus, right. and then the other 53% give it like a C+, plus, then it's still considered a 47% because only 47% liked it. So Mm -hmm. it's very misleading, Mm -hmm. I would say. And I think you and I both agree that it is a better movie than people made it out to be, especially the reviewers. So before we get into it all, I want to ask you, why was that? Why do you think it's better than the 47%? I think a lot of the reading some of the reviews, the critique was more on the technicalities and filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Not so much, I guess, the overarching thing. Uh, it, it was very kind of confusing because at first watch, I was 
uh, I guess lack of a better word, disappointed. But it wasn't necessarily because of the stuff that the reviewers were saying. I think that there was great acting, um, the Marvel visual effects magic, big scope. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think they were wrong in terms of there there are more to chew than um, what they thought. I think yeah, they saw like a very thin kind of movie. But but if you if you just kind of took a step back, mm. like as I guess coming from a biased Marvel fan, you know the scope is huge, and you know yeah. that this backstory is is literally in the beginning. It's in the beginning. This is like Marvel's Genesis, seven thousand years. Yeah. yeah, this is like their Genesis in the Bible. So it's not gonna be freaking present day Iron Man, cool cool as shit things and gadgets and and villains. Yeah. Uh, this is like this is this this reminded me of of Thor two, hmm. you know it was like a very myth, myth um, mythological you know space galaxy, you know like celestial things where it's hard to I think fans to especially critics who don't uh, know the Marvel universe yeah. to that kind of wrap their heads around yeah and so, like and you have to like there has to be like explanations and things like that so th- that's where I feel like this movie kind of. Um, try to go a little more towards like with Thor two. That's why they're like, oh, we'll we'll switch gears, totally flip it on its head and do Ragnarok, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which is a completely different feel. But that that worked because it was Thor, and he can make him comedy and fun, yeah, and have that stuff. But with this one, you know, you had this eight plus character ensemble yeah, cast, exactly. You know, you, you know they're they're just like they're going for it and Chloe Zhao with this this sense of independent or. You know that 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 sensibility to kind of the, the dramatic and um, independent film almost uh, with the with the acting and um, yeah yeah so the more I thought about it I, I I kept going up in my rating yeah yeah I same for me when I first watched it I was like there are elements that I liked elements that I didn't like and we'll talk about those later but what I really felt like is that it was unfair to place so much expectation on a director on a on an ensemble on a movie so I, I was trying to break this down in my head if you really think about it um, I don't I don't remember how many movies was in the first several phases of Marvel leading up to Endgame I think it was like 21 or 22 that what they did will never happen again in that every movie was critically loved Uh, every risk they took it was perfect and it paid off it would be the equivalent of like you know doubling down on an 11 and getting a face card every time (laughs) but not not only that what they did it's like sure we'll we'll take that overweight guy from community and turn him into an action star that's like doubling down on a 16 and getting yeah, a 5 right exactly it's like oh that that guy from uh, friends and from speechless oh yeah, yeah we'll bring him in we'll turn him into an action movie star and they, <laughs> and it worked it's like it they everything they did worked and what's weird is that they fell victim here in that the movie's expectations were not met because they were so exponentially high. And if you really think about this film, um, two movies came out between Endgame and The Eternals. It was Black Widow and it was Spider-Man Far From Home. Those two movies were literally just callbacks to what came before. This is the first movie where there was no visual tie-in to anything that came before, meaning we don't see like a Tony Stark billboard on the wall like we did in No Way Home or, or, yeah. far, or far From Home. Well, I, well, I, I kind of, I, I think Shang-Chi was, was the first. Yeah. I mean, e- even with, with uh, like Wong but, and Abomination, yeah. like, I, I don't, I don't, they, 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 you know, they didn't have speaking roles. Wong didn't yeah. speak until the post credit scene, yeah. you know. Yeah. No, but it felt like, I don't know, for whatever reason, just seeing them made me like, ah, home. It's like, it <laughs> felt connected. This felt like it was completely detached from the MCU other than some like, I don't know dinner table talk. Well, yeah, it's stylistically you know. completely different yeah, than anything yeah. they've done before. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, it, well, the, like I, I think going back to that first point I made about like the Marvel, they brought out their all stars in the beginning, and I think it was easy to do. Yeah. I'm not saying that you know what they did was easy. It, it, it's it's a lot of you know putting together twenty films is not easy, yeah. um, but with if you have those stories and that entertainment value of the, the those headliners 
it's easy to um, put together, like package it very well. But then you have Eternals where this, like I was saying, this outer, uh, you know, galactic, crazy world that nobody really knows about. And then connect it with human history and then have an eight plus person ensemble cast in a two hour movie to explain all that. And have it all come out in the movie. Nothing was set up before. Exactly. It, It was a lot. Yeah, and uh, and there and like most uh, viewers had no connection to these characters. Like, uh, one you know the one of the things that the X Men series had going for it is all the characters are beloved. So if like Cyclops walks in, it's like boom, I know Cyclops, Jean Grey, rivalry with Wolverine. Yep. Um, I was a huge comic book fan. I've never heard of the Eternals, so mm. they had the task of introducing all of these characters, yep. show how they're different, and introduce yep. an entirely new mythology that connected not whatsoever to anything that came before. Yep. And then it's, you had to tie crazy. it in with yeah. what happened with the 20 yeah. years yeah. before with Thanos and all yeah. that stuff. And I thought they did a pretty good job of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think without go diving in too much of it. Like, it was yeah. funny when, like, he mentions Thor, and, oh, I knew Thor growing up, and, you uh-huh. know, like, even, even the... Uh, uh, John Snow's kid character yeah. uh, was like, "Oh, yeah, w- what did you think, do with you know? Where were you when Thanos you know happened?" Yeah. Uh, so all these like callbacks, yeah, I thought yeah. they did a good job. Uh, John John Snow, aka the Black Knight, right? Black Knight, yeah, <laughs> with the ebony blade. I'm excited yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we talked a lot about what worked and what didn't, but let's just go further into it and really dive into the details. For you, what 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 worked in this movie? Uh, what worked for me was definitely number one is the acting. I think mm. they got um, great actors, and I think that's what was the glue for the whole thing. Um, you, even with an eight plus ensemble cast, like I, I was thinking about Ocean's Eleven, why it worked was the premise was simple. No, no, I I I, I should use that as a negative because I think the what worked. For what didn't work for me, sorry, I'm kind of jumping around here. Yeah, what fine. didn't work for me was the scope was too big for a movie. For this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think Ocean's Eleven worked because the premise was so simple. Yeah. So you can have a, a 11 people cast and, and just, we get it. You know, they're, they're, they're having fun. They're robbing a casino. They make, the, the, you know, they make it fun. But this one is, you know, with, with, the, with Eternity... What, what, you know, scope of how the world was created, you know, and where, where the, what is a celestial, what is an eternal, like, you have what to explain all, yeah. yeah, all these things. Um, so in terms of the scope, I think that was the, the scope was the drawback. But going back to the acting, I think they glued it together to the characters kind of um, coming mm-hmm. together, even with the, the amount of characters there you you were drawn into kind of the connection between them the emotional pull and each character had a payoff yeah um so i think that's what really worked for me right right um yeah i mean so what worked for me so some of the things that you said worked for you actually was some of the things that i thought was a little bit uh, weak and i'll get into that later um for me i thought the film was absolutely beautiful like um chloe zhao she was coming off of basically one of she directed in my opinion, one of the most important, beautiful movies in the last 10 years with Nomadland. And I think, of course, going back to the idea of, of how much expectations this movie had, you had critics that were expecting the Nomadland, the, the magnum opus of comic book movies. And right. what she did is just directed a fantastic, really good comic book movie with the source material that she had. Right. Did, um, did she write Nomadland? Uh, yes, she wrote Nomadland, Nomadland. Okay. yeah. Here she didn't write it. Um, and, I think uh, that shows. Yeah. And also, uh, I thought that film was beautiful. I did see touches of a master filmmaker. I love that all of their powers, the Eternals, looked similar in the, in the way that, um, you know, it expressed themselves, even with, like, Camille Nanjiani, uh, like, shooting lasers, like, from his hands, right? Yeah. And, like and a, what, like what it looked pistol. like. pistol. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, he was joking around. <laughs> yeah. The, and the way that by Brian Tyree Henry, I, I believe his name is Fastos in the movie, the way that he would create uh, things. And right. also the way that Athena, Angelina Jolie's character, the way that she would create weapons and fight yeah. fight the bad it, guys. It, it reminded me of, like, when, when Tony yeah. Stark kind of made his... Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. right with the but it was real yeah holographic also crazy yeah, yeah. Yeah. So all of their powers were similar yet different, and at the same time, we get the sense it all came from the same source. So that was elegant and beautiful, um, and uh, I loved. I don't know if if they meant it to make this so deep, but this asks a lot of questions about uh, free will, free will, yep. predestination, yep. having the ability to choose what you want to do. Um, yeah. I even saw some subtle jabs at perhaps religion and Christianity. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole idea that if if we are created, do we just do what we're told and not question oh. it? Well, this right? is a whole. This is this is a whole take on that. Yeah, yeah. It's totally free will and predetermination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Um, those were takes that I thought worked well, and I love that they don't try to jam any answers down your throat. Hmm. Um, other takes, and I'll get into it later. Under things I didn't yeah. like, it didn't work so well. But yeah. yeah, I love the subtext. I love the questions that it asks. And that's where I'm like, all right, Chloe, like, you know, I, I love that you brought this extra element. And anyone that's looking for more, I think we'll find it. Um, yeah. For, yeah well, uh, the Chloe Zhao, that's interesting because in the beginning, I was like, what do I don't like? And it's easy to peg her. If you didn't like the film, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, it's not they, her. They, you know, they gave yeah. it to her too early. She needed to, you know, direct more or, you yeah, know, like yeah. Nomadland was a you know just a fluke or whatever but the more you think i thought about it i was like no 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 she's a great yeah. filmmaker and i think this what the actors and her had to work with i think yeah. the script was yeah kind of they it, i think i don't know what the original script was but what the actors did and put on film i think they did a good job yeah yeah um and once again this is all about the source material like uh um you're getting I, I I forgot how many Eternals we started with before they started getting killed off, but you have that many characters to introduce with a complete backstory. You you need to make them all unique, individual. Um, give them some life so they so they you know jump off the page or jump out of the screen. It, it's it's hard work, and I and uh, I think in lesser hands it would not have been a good achievement. It yeah. would not have been. Been, been watchable but i yeah, thought so yeah they all we, we are giving chloe Zhao uh, definitely some yeah. credit here yeah for sure for sure yeah. all right so what didn't work for you oh man i, I will <clears throat> going back to my point i think it was too big of a film um i would personally wanted to see it as a series um because it's, it's just the grandness grandness of it like like a lord of the rings type thing where they showcase the grandness of history like in a TV miniseries, that would have been amazing to see because then you can, like Marvel can really like you know flex uh, you know flex their legs and um, stretch their legs and 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 put this. You've always obviously seen the, the the visual effects how great they are to to put this into screen. The history was just I think way too big and I think yeah, um, Zhao at sometimes had to focus on do I t the, the character development or the history mm -hmm. part of explaining all this stuff and. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it was kind of like going back and forth Yeah. that that they, you know, they obviously did it with the, um, you know, present day history. They're just jumping back and forth in time. Um, so, you you, you know, the, the normal watcher would just be completely lost. Yeah. In what's going I, I, on. I had some problems with that, too. Yeah. The, the clunky use of uh, flashbacks. Yeah. I, th I think she did it to uh, convey emotional, to convey the characters going forward. Like that yeah. Hiroshima scene, I think that was one of my pluses. Yeah, um, that was good. Oh yeah, because that really hit home of his story arc of, you know, his technology. He's the guy who's supposed to, um, you know, create new things for humanity to move on. And when you see his sole purpose, um, completely just they, humans turning it and wiping people out, and that just and then the way they conveyed it, it's just got to be heart wrenching. And, and they, yeah. yeah, she definitely did a good job of portraying that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, um, all right, so let's see, we're talking about what didn't work, right? Yeah. Well, so, well and yeah, and I want to continue. Like, yeah, please. They yeah. It, it, well, there was a point where, and then you know that the Eternals will win after you know the plot line of um, the Earth is toast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, they're gonna yeah. win. Yeah. So, so that that that's <laughs> Celestial is not gonna be born. Like, it, I think. It, a lot of it is that the scope is so big they had to simplify a lot of the the history of it and i think it just kind of gets lost and flown over people's heads and i think that's why the bad reviews came because people didn't understand it not that technically they were judging the film in negative ways 
I think it, they just the scope was so big they couldn't get a lot of the things which are, which was warranted because the scope was so huge that they didn't have time to explain all these things in depth um, and I think it was very anticlimactic. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it, was, it was definitely anticlimactic. Yeah, I totally the, agree with um, you. Cersei, Jim and Chan's character, I think it was. By the way, is like an Asian Taylor Swift. She looks like <laughs> a little bit, but yeah, like you know, she just oh figures out, and she's all always reluctant at the end, which was kind of frustrating, and then she's just able to touch the the, the celestial yeah. being yeah. that was like the size of three times Earth, and just kind of yeah do all that. Um, um, so yeah, like yeah, yeah his, her character and Icarus, um, it, it was just their uh, duel. I guess love fight uh-huh. thing was was very frustrating to see. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with you. I think uh, it fell short in a few ways that they were trying really hard to to work on. Uh, I mean, you and I know for a fact there were reshoots because a friend of ours actually watched an earlier cut of the film, um, and the fight scenes. I have to admit, some of them were cool and they had their cool moments, and it's not like they were bad or it looked con- uh, confusing. But they all felt slightly anticlimactic, especially the end. The end, uh, where they're just on a beach, you know, and it it, it was good. And uh, at it the same time, highs and lows. Yeah, like I, I wanted yeah. to bring up the, the the speed. I think Marvel yeah. did a different job of they were they weren't gonna do the whole flash thing with this. Like, like you mean with Makari, right? Her yeah, character? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the way they did it, they actually followed her, and the things around her moved. Yeah, uh, I think that, that, that was that was ingenious. Yeah. Um, but a lot of you know what it looked like. It felt like at the end, you know, when they stop the celestial from basically being born and destroying yeah. the earth, it didn't feel earned. It felt like it's like, oh, okay, yeah. um, yes. all right. It's he's. I mean, spoiler alert. Obviously, hopefully, everyone's seen this movie. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's like, oh, okay, uh, they stopped, and then uh, the idea of Icarus stopping what he was doing because of his love for Cersei. It came across, but it was also slightly confusing, and that didn't feel earned either, yeah. you know, even with the flashbacks. But the thing that bothered me the most is how hard they were trying for laughs, especially <laughs> – so so it's fine. Camille Nanjiani, love him to death. Yeah. He was funny. His role fit. Um, yeah. But then he brought along a valet, basically like an assistant. <laughs> uh, his name was Karun. And they tried so hard to make him the comic relief. There is no reason why this guy should even be there. He's an assistant <laughs> at basically being brought into a war zone yeah. with these gi- gigantic deviants. He's not scared. And he has like 30 video cameras with him yeah. <laughs> to be able to film what's happening and to create a documentary. Even, yeah, even they joke about it. One of the characters said, how many, how many uh, cameras video did cameras. you bring? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I was not a fan of that. And then no. the other thing is... Uh, so Gemma Chan, God bless her heart, she is beautiful. She's a very talented actress. I I love, I loved her and everything she's been in. And uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, tell me if you agree or disagree. She is the star of this movie. Yes. Her, her character. Yes. Um, she is the person that is uh, basically put. Uh, she is pl- she has expectations placed upon her to be the leader of this team. Yeah, it's even though her- yeah, the plot points yeah. where it yeah. moves it forward, the she yeah. moves the story forward. Yeah, her powers and what she's able to do, her love with Icarus, also mm-hmm. just her experiences with with the Celestial. That's basically telling them what to do. I forgot the Celestial's name, Asherok or something along those lines. She's the leader of this movie, and so if you are basically having an unproven. Uh, actor take charge of what could be a gigantic franchise and then that movie is fitting uh, within you know the the mcu and to be the lead actor slash actress carrying a movie which for the first time has no visual reference whatsoever to any of like the 24 movies that came before that's really not fair to, to put on anybody and uh to see her in that role i, I was struggling a bit um, and it didn't feel so natural for me. I don't know how you felt mm. about it. No, I felt the opposite. I, I felt okay. like I didn't put any th- expectations on her. I was kind of, I didn't know who was going to lead, be the lead. I didn't okay. think there will be a singular lead in a, in this movie. So there was kind of, a, I was pleasantly shocked that she was moving the story forward. And I think she did a good job in that sense. Okay. Um, I don't think that they Marvel was like, oh, you're going to do this. 
but like, yeah, I could see why like the when you're starting to watch the movie and unfold, you're like, oh, this is a completely different take, or a, a completely different thing that Marvel's done. You're kind of looking at her because you know, like I was saying, like I was started blaming Chloe Zhao because after watching the movie, because it was an easy kind of point the finger thing, and I think it it, it can kind of be that to the lead of the movie where she has the the hand that moves the story forward. Yeah. But I think she did a good job. I think her character okay. the frustrating part was was when she figures out that she can do things that the other um Eternals can't and there's that kind of reluctantness. And uh-huh. I think that wasn't really her fault um that that was frustrating in the movie. It was more of the writing didn't have nowhere else for her to go. Yeah. So she had these moments where she's just gonna walk up to the, to the to the volcano, center like like Frodo and 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 just 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 walk straight up to it. Um. Yeah. It. I think that was that was more of the story in the script. I don't think. Yeah. I think she played it to the best. Yeah. And, and and same with all the other actors. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't disagree with you. It's just a few more uh, nitpicky moments that I yeah. had is. Totally. Uh, these celestials are basically gods, um, and I'm sure there's some level of omnipotence uh, that that's implied with their characters, especially because first Salma Hayek's character has like a a, like a golden ball in her chest that allows her yeah. to communicate with the celestials. It looks like a golden which, snitch. Yeah, which then gets passed on exactly, <laughs> which then gets passed on to Cersei. But then the celestials have no problem. Oh, by the way, you that planet you've been on for seven thousand years, we're gonna destroy it, and then we're gonna reset your memory. So, yeah, just do what we're told, and yeah, everything will be good. <laughs> it's like, okay, why are yeah. you telling them this? Yeah, like there's this, a very there's, high likelihood so that they're not many. gonna do what you're told. Yeah, and then as they're disobeying the celestials, yeah, I, I guess that that golden ball in her chest or snitch. Yeah. It doesn't all. It's not a, a means for the celestials to e- eavesdrop on what they're doing because yeah. I feel like yeah. it should be. <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh, you stopped this from happening." Yeah, I'll allow it this time. Which I was yeah. like, "Okay, that's that was offered. That that allowance was offered way too quickly." Yeah, but, well, uh, I mean, we I think we we project our uh, I guess expectations on if like these celestials, obviously, okay, they're God. So like God should be all knowing, and then and then you have these um, Eternals who are, you know, supposed to be like gods, and then they're they're explaining that oh they were made by the Celestials, um, you know there there's just so much to kind of uh, digest in one movie that I, I keep going back to I think this should could have been a better series where each episode they're just kind of you 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 hit home about the Celestials almost like. The Bible chapter to chapter mm. of just just unfolding of of the mythology, and then at the end where you know you then throughout you can throughout the series you can develop the characters, yeah. And then at the end there's a full payoff, and then yeah. you you're fully digested into what the heck is going on, like you said, with all these little nuances of the yeah. with the golden ball that allows the Eternals to talk to Celestials, um, yeah. yeah, and all that stuff. It's it, it's I think that's why it was at the end kind of anticlimactic too. Yeah, I agree. All right, Marvel, if you're listening, what I would love to see is not an Eternals part two, but an yeah. Eternals TV show on Disney yeah. Plus. Make it happen. Great. Yeah. Kevin, uh, Kevin, <laughs> make it happen. What's interesting is um okay, can we go talk about the post post credit scenes? Yes, absolutely. More? Yeah, yeah, so you know Harry Star Styles. Fox. Yeah, yeah, Star Fox. As Thanos's brother. Yeah, which right. I don't so know now you're now you're now we're getting now it's into... like is Thanos an eternal, a deviant, both, or you're getting well, into a lot of stuff here. Yeah, then they're saying that he's an uh, eternal, which means he was was he created, but because they're brothers and they had a father, so in the comics, that have it's confusing as well because the Eternals were supposed to be created, not yeah. bloodlined, yeah, through recreation, yeah, with. Um, which is yeah, very interesting. It's it's yeah. kind of confusing in that sense. Yeah. Because so I hope Thanos they get into this. Yeah, Thanos is supposed to be a deviant gene. Uh huh. That got into he to be an eternal. Yeah. You know. That's what so, I heard. Yeah. yeah, that's why Star Fox, Harry Styles is normal looking and Thanos is purple. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Um 
And I've heard many questions about this, and this has nothing to do with our with our review of the movie, which we'll come yeah. back to. Yeah. Are the Celestials above the multiverse, or are Celestials different in each parallel universe? Have you have you gone down that rabbit hole just yet? I have not, but I think they are not above the multiverse. I don't think so either. Because I don't think so. Yeah. If the universe, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, I don't okay. think so. That means the watcher is is like the one beneath them. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. He's no, he's above everything. Yeah, because the watcher sees all multiverses. Yeah, right. Yeah, which I don't know. This is a whole other thing. <laughs> Marvel has to realize that by making everything exist in the same universe, yep. that some things are not gonna um, agree with each other. Yeah, anyway, yeah. That's it's a whole a other conversation. It's yeah. a lot. All right. All right, John. Final score out of five stars. What do you give this movie? I started it at 2.5 and bumped it up to three stars. Wow. I think it's uh, great acting holds it together. Obviously, Marvel's visual effects magic. But the big scope, anticlimactic, um, I think it just could have been better. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Uh, that's fair. I give it three and a half stars. I feel like if this were a standalone movie uh, based on like a graphic novel, which wasn't supposed to have any history, I think people would have received this movie uh, a lot better. Um, be some beautiful elements, some great acting. Ultimately, I feel like uh, it falls under the weight of its own expectations of having... It's kind of like, you know, be having having 10 siblings and uh, your goal is to make it as a basketball player and all 10 siblings are uh, the top 10 players in the NBA. That's kind of like what it's like. (laughs) And you're trying to become a basketball player. It's it's not fair. Um, Yeah. It's not fair. Yeah. But I I did like this movie quite a bit. Yeah. I think this is different um, more than I think about it. And I hope Marvel keeps doing it. I I, I don't think that they should stop because of this, um, how this movie was received. But um, yeah, and I hope fans remember too that Marvel's scope is huge. Yeah. As, as seen in this movie, it's huge. Yeah. Yep. All right. That was our review of The Eternals. It can be seen now on Disney Plus. We're going to take a short break and come back and discuss the state of the MCU. Stay tuned. Wanda. I knew sooner or later you'd show up. I made mistakes, and people were hurt. I'm not here to talk about Westview. Then what are you here for? I need your help. With what? What do you know about the multiverse? I'm sorry, Stephen. You understand. The greatest threat to our universe is you. Things just got out of hand. All right, we're back. And uh, every year, the president gives his State of the Union address. I like to give, uh, the, or the both of us would like to give, a State of the MCU talk right now. We're at a very interesting time, I would say, is in that uh, after um, Endgame, um, you know, we had a couple of Marvel movies came out, come out, and then there was a huge... Obviously, if you haven't heard, there was a pandemic, <laughs> which uh, affected how you know, Black Widow was seen. Um, you know, our beloved Chadwick Boseman was taken from us too early, mm-hmm. and now we're rolling. Yeah, and now we're rolling out a bunch of new Marvel characters that uh, aren't as well known. So, also we have a ton of television shows coming to um, Disney Plus, uh, some of which have aired already, many more which are being planned, and all of them are supposed to weave together into the same gi- ginormous universe. Now. Uh, I want to ask you, like, what is your response to this new direction of having um, 
new characters, new heroes, and also branching out to TV. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it can it get too big at any one point? I want to hear your thoughts. I don't think it could get too big. I think, as I was saying, Marvel's scope is huge. There's literally thousands of heroes and villains on their roster. And I think, like I was saying, the, the point of, you know, they rolled out their first team All-Americans. And it's it's easy to, to showcase and package them to the liking of the fans. And the not-fans, so not fans, you know, like the, the, the more majority of people that's why people came out to see um you know iron man captain america avengers and spider-man but if you're going by like viewership i think it's not surprising and people shouldn't be surprised that it's going it'll dip because this first uh three phases um was kind of the the haymaker like here we are um and, and and you know that you can only do that by you know, bringing out your your pillar franchises. Um, so, I think that they're what they're doing now is is smart. I think it's timings worked out where streaming and TV shows to kind of bring it down in a more of a digestible, watchable um, uh, things at home for for TV series is worked out for them because they they have time to you know develop the characters, show more of the the backstories of a lot of these characters that people aren't familiar with. So um, I think, I think it's, it's fun as a fan to, to see it, then move forward. Will the viewership dip? Uh, probably 99% yes, but will they do a good job at it? Uh, they have a pretty good track record so far. So I think they'll do a good job. Yeah, and, and you know that track record is why we give them so much credit, and we place our, our blind confidence in them. Um, I, I am starting to see some some chinks in the armor a little bit. Um, yeah. I have, I should say, I, I am slightly concerned as to uh, you know the direction of some of these television shows coming out. It's kind of like a quality control, right? If you have so much stuff going on, can you be so hands-on and so careful with certain things? Um, you yeah. know, and uh, the Eternals was a big leap, and I don't know if they intentionally wanted zero visual references to anything that came before, but even right now, like all of the movies that are coming out after the Eternals, or have come out so far even, I should say, Spider-Man, Shang-Chi, um, you know, Black Panther, Thor, these are all Stories tried and true, successful, um, that tie into things we've seen before. The fact that they took this risk with Eternals was very ballsy. I don't think it paid off. And I'll be honest, I have not been a huge fan of, of some of the shows that, that have been coming out. Um, and so I am a little bit worried. But yeah. let's go ahead and talk about those TV shows now. Yeah. It's a new direction. Um, I believe there have been four shows that have come out, um, live action and then what if. What has been your take on these shows? Have they been good, bad? Like, what have you liked? What have you not liked? Well, I, first off, I think I think it's great that they're doing that. They need to do that. I don't think they're like you like you're saying. Like, I don't think Eternals was a a gamble. I think that right. that's what they needed to do to mm. to move the um, the uni Marvel Cinematic Universe forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think TV, they're doing that it, because if you think about it, it was Eternals. If it was a disappointment, it wasn't the first disappointment to a lot of people because um, one of those three shows, WandaVision, Loki, and uh, Falcon and One Soldier, was a disappointment to a lot of people that I've talked mm-hmm. to. So, yeah, like it, it just, and, and those were like key characters that they, you know, watched before and grew up on. So, um, I, I think I think the TV shows, it's great. Like I was saying that they have so much to do, um, storytelling to do and characters to develop. I think it's just another tool in the Marvel's um, arsenal to mm-hmm. kind of bring bring the the stories and kind of the momentum going. Mm-hmm. Like it, the first three phases, like it, it, the, the the beauty of it was uh, the climax of Endgame was each by every single movie it, it brought the momentum forward. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you you see these characters coming together, standalone, yeah. and then they're coming together, standalone, coming together, yeah. Um, yeah. and the culmination of it. So, I think they're gonna do that again. I mean that 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 
that in itself, that formula, there will be um, them not to. But um, it's just, if you think about it, the TV is going to be another thing to kind of brew and stew. And so it might be even bigger, you know, when mm-hmm. phase six comes out at the end, if it turns out to be the secret invasion. And, you know, um, even without the multiverse, and that's all done and passed. Like, if you think about Phase Four, Five, Six, Fantastic Four, X Men, Blade, Black Knight, Eternals, all these on top of if they don't get rid of Thor, um, mm-hmm. uh, Captain Marvel, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, all these guys, they're, they're going to be back. So it, yeah. it might be even bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm with you on that. Um, for me, the TV shows have been a little bit of a mixed bag. I think uh, when I first saw WandaVision, I was expecting so much, and what I saw wasn't what I was expecting. But the more I look back, I think that honestly has been the best Marvel show um, out so far. That's just my opinion. And uh, it was a huge gamble, a huge reach. And it was artistically a success. Uh, Performance-wise, it was amazing. Um, They didn't really hit any wrong notes. And it also sets up, you know, the Scarlet Witch character for basically the you know, we we get a glimpse at the power that she can have, and now we're going to explore that more with Doctor Strange too. Yeah. So, uh, extremely, extremely pleased with that show. Same for Loki. Um, what I loved about Loki was so you took the Loki character at basically the peak of his evil, willing to subdue an entire planet, wanting them to bow at his feet, and you know this is a different Loki than we saw in Ragnarok or mm-hmm. even in. Um, Infinity War, where well, he kind of like, gives his life. I like when right? you say peak Loki because it's yeah. about the peak mischievousness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then you take him at his peak uh, mischievousness. <laughs> yeah. And then with one scene in which he sees everything that happens to him and he realizes he's nothing. He's just there for other people to exist, yep. right? To react to and become stronger. Got it. You, yeah, you take a guy and you tear him down to nothing in one scene and you see it on his face acted perfectly yeah. and then you rebuild him and and that's what the show is about how this character who's so evil and oftentimes misunderstood how you tear him down and how you're able to build him back so what they did there was genius amazing uh, uh, and then you compare that to uh falcon and the winter soldier in which i was extremely extremely disappointed by Ugh. in which i felt like the end show the end finale uh, they were they turned the show into something that it wasn't really setting itself up to be. Um, I am all for discussions about about race and ethnicity, uh, but it felt really hard. It felt like they were shoehorning it in in such a way where um, it stuck out that you know it's like oh, we're going to make it about this, and it didn't feel like a natural evolution of what was happening in the rest of the of the show. I think it needed to be. Yeah, I think it it needed to be. That was what. The question was everybody's on mind, and if it wasn't on your mind, I think yeah. people you're lying to yourself. Like it's it's yeah. behind your your head. Yeah, you know. I, I just wish they had massaged it in more. You know. I I think they're picking and choosing where to do it. I think they obviously yeah. didn't want to like you know sledgehammer you throughout the whole series. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, like I I I just I think it was a one of my favorites because. The uh, show or the or the finale? The show. Okay. Okay. Be, be, because I think it, it was what it was. Like Marvel knows their fan bases so well. And I was saying that going back to my previous point of each show being different based on their characters. You know, so like WandaVision was weird and then Loki was very mysterious. You know, and then Falcon Winter Soldier was, you know, popcorn action. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it was the the old school tried and choose. So I think the Marvel knows their characters, and I think what the fans of each inv- individual fans want. Yeah. Uh, whatever they're, you're, if you're a fan of Loki, you got yeah. what you wanted. If you're a fan of Falcon, you probably wanted that popcorn action. I, 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 yeah. I didn't. Well, I, I wanted the popcorn action. Yeah. I didn't want that all first. Of the... that, that episode was amazing. The first that, episode yeah. was incredible. Yeah. 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 I think. I think if you introduce any political. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 undertones or messaging in any uh, genre or film or TV, you you would get uh, different yeah. opinions about it. But yeah, I do. 
I do see your point in terms of like at the end they kind of uh, heavy-handedly put that in. Yeah, and, and yeah, I think that comes down to the writing itself. Um, mm. But you know, I, I didn't hate the show. Um, now talking about Hawkeye, let, let's shift gears a little bit. Okay. Uh, there were elements of real genius storytelling. Uh, I never really got the tone. I loved. Let's talk about what I loved first. I yeah. loved the fact that they created an entirely an entire musical number, which, by the way, had uh, one of uh, my favorite musicals, Rent. One of their stars was actually the main singer in that to see him show up, and that was really cool. I was dying. It was hilarious, <laughs> and it was so good. Um, and then there was these amazing action scenes, like that looked like they belonged in like Children of Men, like the the Steadicam shot. The continuous shot uh, while you know Hawkeye and uh, Kate Bishop are in the car and the camera's moving oh, in yeah. the, inside the car oh, and yeah. outside the car. So good. And and then it turned into like a police academy campy action movie where you have Hawkeye stuck in a tree and you have uh, Florence Pugh's supposed new Black Widow character right. telling Kate Bishop, "I'm here to kill Clint." <laughs> it's like, why would you tell her that she's gonna try to stop you? <laughs> Yeah. So there, yeah, I, I the finale to me was the worst of all the finales, uh, but there were elements of the show that were fantastic. Yeah, I think it just shows with all the four um, series is not just like sound like a Marvel fanboy if you haven't <laughs> already came uh-huh. to that conclusion, but I think it, it shows that there they can do that. They can be like Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet and switch gears whenever they want, and just know how to produce just amazing things like that. Just off off their whims like oh we're gonna do this this type of style series we'll do it you know this type of series we'll do it and then with hawkeye like you said just switch gears on you mid mid series um so so they're able to do that i i think i really enjoyed hawkeye i feel like the timing was perfect the the winter time where people aren't you know just just not so like geared into one thing um they're more like just casually watching things that pop up um and hawkeye is probably kind of like the more under under low yeah. under the radar yeah to me there's too many things that just took me out um also there's some miscasting um kate bishop's mother played by vera from her boyfriend looked like he like just dropped out of a three musketeers movie um, he's mario yeah That's and, and mario. i never like i honestly never liked vincent d'onofrio's um portrayal of kingpin and to really? see kate bishop have a one-on-one fight with him at the end was a. Uh, just odd to me. That, that was frustrating because you either have to have Kingpin break her in half or like that finale of where she gets him has to come yeah. faster. And it was yeah. just like dragging on and on. So the, yeah, there, yeah. There, there are definitely moments where it was like, oh. The, the Kingpin that, that I saw in uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse where he kills, you know, the, oh, the yeah, OG yeah, Peter yeah. Parker. Yeah. That's the Kingpin of, of the comics to me. Yeah. And to see him become a weakened version, whether it was Michael Clark Duncan in, you know, in Daredevil <laughs> or Vincent D'Onofrio in, in the Daredevil TV show, it was a little bit frustrating for me. Well, the TV show, I think it, I, I think it did a good job because they definitely go more in depth, like the, the Spider-Verse and, and the animated one. It's, it's a little more like very basic. Yeah. Like he's this gigantic, you know, 10 foot shoulder dude. But yeah. I, I like the depth that um, Vincent brings uh, definitely yeah. in the Daredevil show too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot more, you know. Obviously, with his his love and loss, so you kind of on a, almost empathize with him. But he just he just can't help himself. So yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, last couple of questions here. I want to ask you is we've seen a lot of trailers about new Marvel shows and also new Marvel movies that are coming out, or even just announcements or snippets. What are you the most excited to see? I've been going back and forth a lot. Uh, Black Panther through two or Doctor Strange two, and I think Black Panther two just because I don't know what I'm gonna get. Um, Doctor Strange two, I think, you like know, a box of chocolates. Yeah, <laughs> we we've seen you know the lead up to this now. Um, I think it's gonna be great, just like you know how Marvel does with uh, us knowing a lot of things. But there, Doctor Strange one was kind of one of my personal favorites in all of their movies and i think it's just such a solid movie um i do have my reservations on sam raimi as a director mm. Mm. but uh yeah i'm excited to to see black Panther 2 i mean what are they gonna do so right? emo- yeah what the heck are they gonna do it's so emotional yeah you, um, you know what bums me out is uh, yeah. i feel like uh michael b jordan would have been the perfect 
replacement for Chadwick Boseman um, had he not been the main villain to kill, tried to kill Chadwick Boseman <laughs> in the first movie so That's really funny. yeah yeah, I want to yeah. see what they do. Maybe, maybe the rumor is Suri could be the the replacement, but then I heard she's not. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah, right? th- th- there's a rumor uh, about bringing um, Storm's character into it. Not that she's gonna be Black Panther, but there in the comics there was a time, short time, where Storm was dating. Uh, the, oh no, no, as the Black Panther. Oh, Aurora kind of, Monroe. Yeah. Um, so that should. I mean, it, yeah, it's it should be interesting. I mean, we all love. Uh, uh, a Googler as a director, so yeah. um, it's it just it's just amazing the streak he's on. He hasn't done it a lot, but you know, obviously everything he's done is gems. Yeah, uh, Thor is Thor. It's gonna be fun. It better be fun. Yeah. Um, oh, but actually, the Spider Verse too. Yes, that that's, that's great. That that I don't know how they're gonna top that first one. Yeah, and we seen that teaser where he goes down that rabbit hole. Yeah, um, and then you see the Spider Man. 20 uh 2029 20, 2049 20, i forgot but the, yeah yeah the futuristic spider-man oh, yeah. which by which by the way was voiced by oscar isaac in the first film um uh, i i don't know if really? he's back voicing yeah oh wow no there, there's so much comic book incest happening right now like <laughs> like like Gemma chan played played a, that green girl but yeah in, yeah uh, captain um, marvel and yeah, now yeah, she's back in another marvel movie yeah chris evans was the human torch and now he's steve rogers right yeah, yeah. and then michael b jordan also played the human torch and he's you know yeah Eric well, Killmonger, well, well, so it, it's like Voldemort. um uh, those movies yeah we must not <laughs> name them they don't belong yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah i mean but i guess i guess x-men um and fantastic four i'm not really excited i'm just more excited to see it because it'd be interesting to um to see like two formed groups that marvel does because they haven't done it yet you know what i mean we've mm-hmm. seen the avengers but everything marvel's done like we're talking marvel marvel we're not talking sony warner um yeah they haven't done a yeah. like a group like originated group movie yet. yeah other than the avengers you know, like this Marvel yeah. doing it. Yeah. So it, it, I, it, it's, it, it's, I'm excited to see that. I hope they do it yeah. right. Um, yeah, I, so I, I have faith in, in you know, what's going to come out um, in, the, in the theaters with Coogler uh, and even, I believe, John Waters directing um, Fantastic Four. I am very eager and curious to see how they handle the next round of TV shows. The Moon Knight trailer just came out, which... You and I both liked, right? Yeah. Did you like it? Oh yeah, loved it. Yeah. So yeah. mysterious. I love Oscar Isaac. We know Cat does as well, <laughs> but I'm actually <laughs> intrigued about about She Hulk. I, I I am excited to see what happens. I hope it's not too campy. Um, I I think there has to be some camp built into it, but uh, yeah, yeah I'm I mean excited it's, it's to see t- that. type of Hulk. Hulk is yeah. campy. Yeah. 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 And what what I'm probably the most curious about is that show Ironheart, which somehow links to uh, Tony Man. Stark and, and Iron Man. I don't know how they're going to do that, what they're going to do, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, well, one thing too is uh, I'm probably uh, on the side really looking forward to is the villains and what they do, which villains they focus on. Yeah. Um, like especially in you know the 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 giant overarching story like they know they did with Thanos. Yeah. Because you know you're only good as your villain. Your villain. Yeah. yeah. And so I mean they have already addressed uh, King to Conqueror, but like you know Marvel has Galactus, yeah. Magneto. They, they got to get Doctor Doom right. They uh, yeah. really have to get him right. Doctor Doom, Galactus. There's so much to draw from. So yeah, yeah, excited to excited to see who that guy would be that everybody fights. You know what I mean? Kind of yeah. like with Avengers and Thanos. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that was our episode. That was a fun little trip down MCU memory lane. We talked about Eternals. We talked about the currency of the MCU. We also talked about some casting rumors. We will be, we will be back next week with a brand new episode. And until then, just reminding you, on the journey of life, as cheesy as it sounds, it's not so much about the end goal, but the things that you watch and experience along the way. So uh, enjoy your time. Go out, catch the movies, and we'll see you soon. See you. Bye.